Although we have learned before that if somebody brings my Sashani produce into Shalayim, then he is forbidden to redeem it after that. When it comes to my Sashani, which is Tomei, since it can't be eaten, it has to be redeemed. And it's learned from Apostolic that indeed one is allowed to redeem my Sashani, which is Tomei, even once it has been brought into Shalayim. Now, before we learn this mission, we need to understand a couple of rules with regards to Tuma. There are different levels of Tuma. The most severe level of Tuma is called Avia Vesa Tuma, which literally means the grandfather Tuma, and that is a dead body. Something or someone who touches a dead body becomes an Avatuma, and there are also other things which begin as an Avatuma, for example, a dead insect or a dead animal. Those would be an Avatuma, and then if something touches that, it becomes a Rishon Tuma, a first degree removed from the original Avatuma. Now, after that, if an object touches a Rishon Tuma, it does not become Tomei. However, if food touches a Rishon Tuma, then it does become Tomei, it becomes Tomei as a Shani Tuma a second degree removed from the Avatuma. After that, if regular food touches a Shainalatuma, it does not become Tomei. However, if Truma or Carbonus touch a Shainalatuma, then they do become Tomei as a Shlishilatuma, a third degree removed from the Avatuma. And then Carbonus can also become a Revilatuma, which is four degrees removed from the original Avatuma. Being as it may, in general, we refer to a Rishain, Shaini, Shlishi, and Revilatuma all of those different levels, which are not the Avatoma itself, we refer to those as Vlatatoma, which literally means the child Toma, and it refers to a Toma which is less severe, less impure, than an Avatoma. Now, when our mission is going to refer to a Vlatatoma, it only refers to something which is Tome Onimidrabonon. There are lots of examples where something can be Tome Onimidrabonon. And when our mission refers to Vlatatoma, in this context, it really just refers to a Toma which is Onimidrabonon. So says the Mishnah, If my Sashani produce which was brought into Yerushalayim v'nitma, it became Tomei, whether it became Tomei from an Avatuma, and therefore it itself became a Rishon Tuma, one degree after Avatuma, whether it itself became Tomei from a Vladatuma, so it became, let's say, a Shein Tuma, for example, by touching a Rishon Tuma, whether it became Tomei inside of Yerushalayim after it was brought in, whether it became Tomei even before he brought it into Yerushalayim. It should be redeemed onto money, so the money will have the status of Maiseshaini, and the food will now be Chulin. So if the food is now Chulin, then you would think that you're able to now take that outside of Yerushalayim and eat it anywhere you like because it's no longer Maiseshaini. However, the mission says that you have to eat it all inside of Yerushalayim. And the reason for this is because if people see you taking this produce out of Yerushalayim, they won't know that it's now Chulin. They'll think it's Maiseshani like it always was. And they'll see you taking out Maiseshani from Yerushalayim, and they'll think that's permitted, even with regular Maiseshani. So they might come to take their regular Maiseshani out of Yerushalayim, which of course is not allowed. So to prevent other people thinking that and violating this Avera, one needs to eat that Chulin inside of Yerushalayim. However, there's an exception, and that is Chutz Chutz, Except for my Sashani, which had already become Tomei from an Avhatuma outside of Yerushalayim before it was brought into Yerushalayim. Because in that case, since it's a severe Tuma, it's a very high level Tuma, and it was brought in like that, so anybody who knows this is my Sashani in the first place also knows that it's Tomei. It will become known because this is a high level of Tuma. Which means that if people see you taking it out, they'll figure that you redeemed it because they'll know that it was originally Tomei, and therefore there's no concern of people copying you even with regards to regular Maiseshani. 
that's Beishamah's opinion. However, Beishillel hold that we're not concerned with people assuming that you're taking out regular Maishashani produce. And therefore, Beishillel and Beishillel say, All Maishashani which is Tomei can be redeemed and eaten outside of Yerushalayim. And we are not concerned that people will come to eat any Maishashani outside of Yerushalayim. However, Beishillel also have an exception, and that is, Except for Maishashani which only became Tomei, as a low-level Vlad Hatuma Midrabonon after it was brought into Yerushalayim. Because then, since it's such a low-level Tuma, and it's only Midrabonon, so on a Torah level, that's just regular Maishashani. So obviously you can't take that outside of Yerushalayim, Midraisa, just like you can't take regular Maishashani outside of Yerushalayim. And therefore, though you're allowed to redeem it, you need to eat it inside of Yerushalayim, since it's very similar to regular Maishashani. Mr. Yud, we've seen earlier on in the Masechta that if somebody redeems my Sashani produce onto money and then uses that money to buy other produce outside of Yerushalayim. So in such a situation, he is not allowed to redeem that produce back onto money because you can only redeem the original produce onto money. But once you've done that and you've spent the money, redemption done, and you cannot redeem that produce again. The focus of our Mishnah is somebody who redeemed my Sashani produce onto money and then spent the money, let's say, in Yerushalayim. The question is, can he redeem that produce since it's in Yerushalayim or not? So the Mishnah says, Produce which is bought with my Sashani money and then the produce became Tomei. So according to the Tanakama, just like in the previous Mishnah, with my Sashani itself, the original my Sashani which becomes Tomei, it's redeemed. So to over here, he's allowed to redeem it. However, Yehuda, maybe Yehuda says, Yikover, it needs to be buried because you can't eat Tomei my Sashani. But according to Yehuda, you're not allowed to redeem it either, because according to Yehuda, once my Sashani has been redeemed once onto money, it can never be redeemed back onto money again. It's learned from a Pasuk, it says that Saito Akesef, it calls the money the money, which implies that it's specific money, so it only applies to the first money onto which the my Sashani is redeemed. So that's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, and now they argue it out. If the halacha is that with the original Maishashani, when it becomes Tomei, Harehu Niftek can be redeemed, surely all the more so, that which is bought with Maishashani money, and then becomes Tomei, so that's not even the original Maishashani. So surely the halacha should be more lenient, and therefore in a dinshe yipadeh, is it not all the more so? Is it not a kalvachomer that it should be able to be redeemed? The word din in Mishnais usually means a kalvachomer. So again, the Chachom says to Yehuda, if the original Maishashani can be redeemed, then all the more so that which is bought with Maishashani money should be able to be redeemed. However, Omar Lahem, Rabbi Yehuda said back to them, that's not a kalvachomer. Because we find that the halacha is, in fact, that the halachas of redeeming Maishashani are more strict with regards to that which is bought with Maishashani. So Rabbi Yehuda says, loy. That is not the case because in an item of Maishashani Atzmai, if you say with regards to Maishashani itself that it can be redeemed, that's because Shekein Hunifte Batohar Berichuk Makaim. Because when it comes to redeeming regular Tahar Maishashani, you're allowed to redeem it even from a faraway place, which means really outside of Yerushalayim. And that's the regular concept of redeeming, that one is allowed to redeem Maishashani onto money. But if that's the case, would you say the same thing with that which is bought with Maishashani money? The halacha is that outside of Yerushalayim, before it's got there, you can't redeem it again. As we explained at the beginning of the Mishnah, that everybody agrees that if you redeem Maishashani onto money and then use that money to buy other produce, that you can't then redeem that produce onto money again 
outside of Yerushalayim. So we see that it is sort of more difficult and we're more strict with regards to redeeming that which is brought with Maishashini. And therefore so too over here, says Rabbi Yehuda, in a case where Maishashini becomes Tomei, only if it's the original Maishashini can it be redeemed. But if it itself was redeemed from money, which was itself redeemed from Maishashini originally, then it cannot be redeemed. Mishud Aleph, continuing the discussion as to what can or cannot be redeemed, the Mishnah tells us, Tzvishle a deer or any animal which was bought with the Maishashini money, Vomais, then it died. And it died a natural death, so it was not slaughtered, which means that a human is not allowed to eat that animal. Even if it were chulin, one cannot eat an animal which dies naturally. And because of that, if you were to redeem it, then you'd be left with an animal which can't be eaten, so you would need to feed it to the animals. However, according to the Tanakhama, we have a rule that in One is not allowed to redeem something holy, only in order to feed that to dogs or to animals. It's considered a bit of a disgrace to go through this whole process of redemption and then to feed that food which was originally holy to dogs. And therefore, since you can't redeem it, and at the same time you can't eat it because it's Tommy Maishashini, the only solution is you need to bury it together with its skin. The entire animal needs to be buried. However, Rabbi Shimon says you can redeem it because he does not consider it to be a disgrace to redeem it only to feed it to the animals. Because once it's been redeemed, it has no holiness to it anymore. So you can just feed it to the animals. Now, in the previous mission, we had a machlekes between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda with regards to something which was bought with Maishashini money and then became Tomei, whether it can be redeemed. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, it cannot be redeemed. We're going to see a similar case, but in this case Rabbi Yehuda agrees that it can be redeemed. And that is if the thing which you bought was an alive animal, if he used Maishashini money to buy a live animal, and then he slaughtered it, and after slaughtering it, Venitma became Tomei. So in this case, everybody agrees that it can be redeemed. Firstly, once it's redeemed, it can be eaten by an ant, by a human, because it was slaughtered. And even Rabbi Yehuda, who in the previous mission held that you can't redeem it, over here you can, and the reason for this is as follows. The Torah says that if you are far away from Yerushalayim, and so it's very difficult for you to transport the produce, let's say, to Yerushalayim, then you can redeem it. So it's clear that the reason why you're redeeming it is because it's difficult for you to bring it up to Yerushalayim. So because of that, if you redeem it onto money, and then spend that money on other produce outside of Yerushalayim, you're showing that really you can bring up produce to Yerushalayim. So you wouldn't be able to redeem that produce onto money again, because you have physically shown that you're happy for it to be in a state of produce. Now this doesn't apply to an animal, because anyway an animal is easy to transport when it's alive. So since you bought it with a with Maishashini money when it was alive, you're not showing that it's easy for you to transport a dead animal. And therefore, once you've slaughtered it and it's now dead, you can redeem that again onto money because you haven't previously done anything with a dead animal to show that you can transport a dead animal. So because of that, even Rabbi Huda agrees that you can redeem it onto money and bring up the money to Yerushalayim. However, Rabbi Yossi, interestingly, is even more strict than Rabbi Yehuda in the previous Mishnah and this Mishnah. And Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says the cover needs to be redeemed because Rabbi Yehuda says there's no difference between an animal. At the end of the day, it's still the same animal. So even if originally it was alive and now it's dead, nevertheless, just like with everything, once you've bought produce, once you've bought something with the Maishashini money, you cannot redeem it subsequently onto money again. Now the Mishnah ends off that the Kochei Shachot, if you use the money, the Maishashini money, 
to buy an already slaughtered animal. So that's like buying anything. The Nittum, if it becomes Tolian afterwards, and Harry Hukapedes, it's like buying regular produce, which we had a machlekes between the Tankama and the Behuda in the previous Mishnah. Because like we explained, if you bought it when it was already dead, so of course a dead animal is hard to transport. So by buying it again, you're showing that it's not hard to transport, and it's considered just like regular produce, and therefore you would not be able to redeem it according to Behuda. As we saw in the previous Mishnah. Mishnah based. Towards the beginning of the Masechta, we learnt a little bit about barrels of wine or bottles of wine which are sold and whether the barrels themselves gain Mysashani status if the wine which is in the barrels is Mysashani wine. And the consequence of that would be that you'd need to redeem the barrel onto money or onto produce and treat that as Mysashani. So this Mishnah goes into further details and it tells us that Hamashal Kankan and Mysashani. One who lends barrels for Mysashani, so he sets aside barrels, or Kankanama actually, jugs, or bottles of wine, to fill up these bottles with Mysashani wine. So he pours Mysashani wine, which is already Mysashani, into these bottles, says the Mishnah, Afalpisha Gofan, even if he seals the bottles of wine, even if he closes them properly, like the containers do not become Mysashani themselves, because they're only holding the wine. And they're not considered to be totally secondary and part of the wine. They don't gain the same status as the wine, and therefore they remain chulin. So the first case of the Mishnah is where he pours Maizashani wine into the bottles. The next case is Zadaf Stam. He pours regular Tevel wine into the barrels, or into the, the bottles. And then he declares that wine to be Maizashani. So let's say he separates all of that wine as Maizashani on behalf of other wine. So if he declares the wine to be Maisashani Achalegofan before he closes the jug, before he closes the bottle, then Lekonamaisa, again, the bottle does not become Maisashani. It's still not considered secondary to the wine. However, Mishagofan, if he only declares the wine to be Maisashani after he closes the jug, so now the wine is literally part of the jug, and the jug is part of the wine. It's considered to be one unit now because the jug is totally closed with wine inside of it. So if you only declare it to be Maisashani once that has happened, so really you're declaring the entire unit to be Maisashani, and therefore Kono Maisa, the bottle does gain Maisashani status. And the third case of the Mishnah is to do with Truma wine, and when the Truma wine gets mixed with Chulin. So you've got this barrel of Truma wine, or this bottle of Truma wine, and lots of other bottles of Chulin wine. Now in general, if Truma is mixed with Chulin, and you're not sure which one is the Truma, then if there is a hundred times more chulin than truma, then the truma is bottle, it's nullified, and the entire mixture is considered permitted even for non-Karanim. Now what happens if you've got this bottle of truma wine, and it's in a mixture of a hundred other chulin bottles? Says the Mishnah, if it gets mixed together, meaning not that the wine is mixed together, but the bottles are mixed together, you're not sure which is the truma bottle. If that occurs before you close the truma bottle, then the Truma bottle would be nullified 1 in 100, as is the regular law with regards to Truma mixed with Chulin. However, says the Mishnah or Mishagafan, once you have closed the Truma bottle of wine, then Mekadjus Bechol it would forbid the entire mixture, however many Chulin barrels there are. Even if there are, let's say, a thousand Chulin bottles, they will all be forbidden for Karnim. And the reason for this is because Truma cannot be nullified in a Chulin mixture, if the truma is considered something significant, something of importance. Now, if wine is in a closed bottle, that gives it a certain level of significance. For example, if you were to sell a closed, bot- closed bottles of wine, you would sell a very specific amount. 
you wouldn't sell it in approximation. So because this bottle of wine has extra significance now, it cannot be nullified in a mixture, even if there are a thousand other chulin bottles, it would not become nullified. Okay, and now the Mishnah goes on to discuss Tevel wine, which is in bottles, and you want to separate Truma from the Tevel wine. So at Shaloygofan, before you have closed the bottles, you can separate Truma from one of the bottles, from the wine in one of the bottles, on behalf of all of the wine. You just separate extra Truma from one bottle, and that will cover you for all of the bottles. And you can do this because since none of the bottles are closed, we consider them all to be part of the same mixture, really. They're all part of the same wine, and so wine of one bottle can be separated on behalf of all of the wine. However, once you close the bottles, then you need to separate a little bit of wine from each bottle. You can't separate a lot of wine from one bottle, because now they're considered their own entities in and of themselves, since they are all closed.